0: Like we say, uh, we're still talking about folk Islam. My name is Tony Weeder. Welcome back. Uh, We start by sin worship, and we're going to review that a little bit and then get back to where we were. But I was talking about holy places uh, in terms of folk Islam. Holy places, I was trying to to mention that many times people in the West or Western Europe have no clue what that means, but... uh, in most non-western countries or the southern church or what you call it a uh, lot of people uh, over there where holy places is really important to them or holy people in addis ababa ethiopia there are the holy men who goes around with crosses and men and women rush to them and kissing their rings or kissing the crosses and these are holy people and then we talk about holy objects uh, up on the mountains, uh, people will go there to make sacrifices and uh, part of um, part of Africa and today uh, where they're still making human sacrifice on, on mountains and other holy places. Holy days, like Friday is very important for many, be a high or low Muslims, but they believe that that's, uh, those are the days when uh, Allah blesses them a lot. Uh, so those holy days are kept. And then holy food, (laughs) not that the food itself is holy, but the way you eat it and how you eat it and those you eat it with. Um, All of these things, uh, again, I will continue to reinforce this. We as Christians need to understand them because when we understand them, they make it very easier for us to minister to people and then you have holy water uh, you won't believe it but some part of again west africa people will pour water in the bottle and we'll talk about how, how folk muslims use that put water in the bottle and they will drink it and it's for protection they walk around with it and what have you holy burial Um recently if some of you re- uh, remember the killing of bin laden where the u.s government took upon themselves to actually bury bin laden at sea but bury him as a Muslim and went through all the rituals and what have you. So these are some of the things I wanted to just reinforce before we go back to number two, worship, wearing charms, amulets, drinking, and blessed blessed water, things like that. it, on that, it says that these are used to wear off evil spirits and to prevent and heal sickness or injure people. Um, people will use these things. Uh, again, you keep me—you yeah, keep hearing I'm talking about ward off evil. All that most people talk about or think about in folk Islamic religion is someone is going to put a curse on them. Someone is out there to harm them. Uh, Something will, when they get in their car, they might not reach there safely. All these things uh, that people just sit and worry about them. And again, they live in fear, feared of the unknown spirit world. So spirits, uh, and then to prevent and heal sickness, people want to be healthy. Uh, Again, to understand that you almost have to go into most of the third world countries in the world where they have no health care at all. There's no such thing as 911 like some of you have here. I don't know what they have in Canada or uh, England or other European countries. Uh, But in most countries, be it the Middle East or uh, Asia or Africa, health is something that uh, hospitals is something that people don't even go to. Many times the hospital seemed to be the last result for many people because the reason, Ben, the premise we gave from the beginning of this study was that the question is always, who caused it? Who put a curse on me? So I'm going to find a person. So you go, those who knows uh, the power of darkness and they will father and tell you, you know what, you need to kill a sheep or you need to kill a goat like places like Ghana you need to kill chickens uh, you need to bring cola nuts be in Nigeria or you need to cook food and take it to your parents grave or ancestors grave and let all the family gather there and eat in order to be protected and be healed so these are the loopholes that folk Muslims will go through and in terms of injuries, uh, they farm, and the way they farm, they are using machetes, uh, spears, and other things. And they are afraid that someone will put a curse on them and they will, uh, uh, they will hurt themselves. And so you have to look for something to protect yourself. Uh, I'm still on um, A, on a wearing charms and drinking blessed water or something like that. And then B, on other sheikhs or practitioners write out and put verses from the Quran believe if, uh, believed effective in dealing with the, uh, the particular need in each of these see below and we'll look at that uh, you go to these sheikhs or marabouts they call them in Senegal uh, in Ethiopia they call them different names in Mali there are names differently especially Timbuktu, where many many people go uh, In fact, I have not mentioned one country not that they have Muslims a lot of Muslims in Haiti but in Haiti where it's come is considered uh, the city of voodoo uh, all over the world uh, you go to these places and the right the Quran, either on a wooden placard, wash it off, and then give it to the child. And they believe that by drinking that, it will protect the child from evil spirit. It will protect the child from sicknesses. It will protect the child from, from so many other things. Uh, the, the one that I really like is that it makes you smart. And trust me, I experienced that. And I never used to study it. It it didn't work too well for me uh, as a a Muslim because I didn't study I was depending on the voodoo uh, to take me through, but it didn't work. Uh, But these practices are still going on. Uh, A quick example would be some part of Liberia. This man became a a Christian out of Islam. But when he became Christian, the, uh, the Christian community failed to disciple him. What happened, he started secretly going to the mosque coming to the Baptist church and at the same time attending African traditional religious ceremony after many many years he passed away and so the Muslims came to get his body so they can bury him immediately the African traditional religion elders came to get his body so they would not bury him immediately and then the Christian came to see how they can have funeral and work for him for this one person so he covered all the bases And he still remained a faithful Christian, a faithful Christian, and of course, a faithful African traditionalist. These are some of the things we are faced with in Africa. Who will receive this man's body? Because he was afraid that uh, when the Christians are doing their burial, they don't prepare the body, they don't wash the body. And many Muslims believe that if you don't go through those rituals, you will not get to paradise. And so he was afraid of that. And then when you come to the African traditional religion, as a male, within a society and as a formal leader within an African traditional religion, if he's not buried uh, properly and the fourth day for them to go uh, reopen the grave, his spirit will be bound within the grave. So he was afraid of that. So all in all, he was playing game with God and with himself. But we need to understand these practices as Christians as we go about. Um, Again, let me go over that. That certain sheikhs, meaning practitioners, write out and put verses from the Quran uh, believed to affect their lives. And today that is uh, uh, happening. I gave you a quick example in Senegal. In Senegal, what do we do? They write these verses on envelopes and hang them to the doorpost. You remember Deuteronomy chapter 6 in the Bible, that you write a scripture on the doorpost to carry it with them. And then when you see some of these men in Dakar, Senegal, they write verses of the Quran and put it around their neck, along with their marabout picture that will protect them. Another, you also write these Quranic verses and put them in your, you know, if you have a small shop or you're in business. So, and the belief is that the medicine or the voodoo will draw customers to your shop and <laughs> talk about comp- and competition well, will withdraw the customers from the other people and bring them to you. And then you put them also, you write the Quranic verses and put them beneath your pillows. So you will not have bad dreams, nightmares, and visions of evil and what have you. So all kinds of things to do with the, the Quran in terms of writing them. Others, especially if some of you been to Cairo, Egypt, or uh, if you have the, the, the time to be in Istanbul, Turkey, or Nigeria, mainly Lagos, Some of these taxi drivers will write the Quranic verses and put them, uh, tie them up to that view mirror or the rosary. Even in New York City, (laughs) among all places, they will take the rosary and hang it on that view mirror. And why do they put it there for? It's for protection. Uh, That that will protect them and so they will not be involved in an accident. Uh, For most Westerners hearing this, you might be laughing, but it is true. There are actually voodoo in which I sometimes, again, I hope this will not come back to haunt me. I wish I had, but there are voodoos that helps you that if you owe loans to somebody else, they will do the voodoo or write the Quranic verses so that person you owe will forget. Uh, talk about working on your visa card. I wish I had something like that today on my visa that these people will not remember. But these are the thing, and when you hear you laugh, but it is so serious that these people's lives are buried in these things day and night. We'll move on to the next one in terms of chapters of the Quran, recited in the belief that the Holy words will protect against spirits and sickness. Again, we are back to spirit and sickness. Um, You won't believe this. Uh, Mainly in Liberia, uh, Kenya, part of Somalia part of Egypt uh, Asia and Latin America even the Bible is used for that where people will use Bible verses to uh, drive away evil spirit do you know that in folk Islam every Muslim within that context before they enter the bathroom they have to enter with their left foot you know, I, I thank God when I became a Christian that I didn't have to remember which foot to put first before I entered the bathroom. Now I can actually go in the bathroom and use it instead of wondering which foot first. And those are some of the things people leave in a burden on them. Uh, which foot to put first uh, before you enter the bathroom. And then when you sit, it is believed that every empty seat or space is occupied by the spirits and therefore before a muslim sits in a chair he have to repeat the phrase allahu al god is great when he enter his car he has to say this silence prayer uh, because the seat is empty a spirit is sitting in there so instead of sitting over the spirit he repeat a phrase that says "You know, al god is great and before he sits, so everywhere he goes he says a verse of the Quran or repeat the name of the prophet or repeat the name of his sins uh, their sins or relatives in order to sit in those places now can you imagine living a life like that daily to remember all those things to do them uh, so you will be in the good graces of your ancestors to appease them that's difficult trust me I could not do it and this is why I am grateful Again, let me pause here and just let you know, uh, as Christians, how blessed we are that we don't have to do this. And this is why in the book of Hebrews, the author or the writer there, he said, consider why would you want to go back to those things that you used to do? And as Christians, we can ask ourselves, why would we want to do that? And it is so easy, like the Yoruba proverb say, faults are like mountains. We stand on ours to look at others. Uh, the Western world, when you hear this teaching or watch this video, you might say, man, why will you do that? But you have your problem too. Uh, there are people in the West who don't believe in God, believe the Bible, but they are chasing UFOs. You know, These are things that they go after. So you have your own problem, new age movement and what have you. Uh, truth has become absolute in, in the context of the West. Uh, truth for you is not true for me. So in this context, you also have your own spirit worship. Uh, You worship other things instead of God. Now we come to certain passages in the Quran where, uh, like Surah chapter 113, to be recited as a protection from all kinds of disease or diseases. And so when you recite 113 of the Quran, that protects you uh, from getting sick. But is it true? And we'll come to the context where we need to put in the Bible and see how God and Christ answer that. And then uh, uh, the Quran now, chapter 114, which means mankind believed to have power to counteract psychic affections. So that people believe in the folk Muslim world, especially the Egyptians, Muslims, and the Saudis, and the Kuwaitis, and the Yemenis. Uh, They believe that people who play on your mind. And so what you do, you recite these verses from the Quran to wear off these people so they will not get to you uh, through that means. Surah 94, or the expansion, recite in the morning as protection against tooth aids. Uh, There goes your dental bills. Uh, You don't have to worry about that again. You don't have to see the dentist to just repeat these verses. And guess what? You can go ahead and eat sweets. Uh, but these are some of the things that people believe. And you might say, this is really puzzling. But it is actually true. People hold on to these things. Uh, people live in fear of these things. Uh, people will go to war for these things. This is culture. We have to understand the culture. Uh, Francis Schaeffer, in his book, um, The God Who Is There, he said, worldview is like a roof on your head that protects you. So as Christians, we have to engage old roof and see how best we can undo the damage that the evil one have done in order to communicate the gospel to these men and women who are no different from us when it comes to our sinful nature. Um, at Surah seventy-two. 2, I mean if you have the time and if you are not depressed already in terms of reading the Quran go read Surah 7 2 and see uh, that it said to be quoted when one fears the power of evil and the jinn. That whole surah has nothing to do but spirits. In fact, if you you read that surah, it talks about how these spirits help Solomon and how they attack Solomon. So you have good spirits and bad spirits. And so on and on as through these lessons, you will hear that, uh, especially when your wife is pregnant, uh, especially when you have a young child, especially when, when it is dark uh, and like where the country I come from since 1989 there's no electricity you are in pitch darkness so that fear is over you and, and, and you live in fear I mean people go to bed I remember when my parents used to go to bed they said you cannot bring any long object into the house because when you have any long object with you spirits will sit on that long object and you will bring them into the, you know, into the house so you can't do that there's a certain way you have to sit on the chair in order not to offend the spirits so why do I want for you to know all of this because men and women I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that says, the God of this world has blinded the mind of these people. We have been blinded. And many times I say that, I think it was Ravi Zacharias, the Indian philosopher who said that, what I believe in my heart must also make sense in my mind. And many times, many people, especially Christians in the South, they believe things in your hearts that make no sense in their minds. And so you find people going to church or they go to the mosque in the afternoon and then in the evening to go to their mother's grave. And then they leave the mother's grave and then go worship Allah. Or they leave Allah and then go back to the mosque to worship Allah again. And so this is where people are. I think it is in First Kings when Elijah say. When and how long will you waver between two decisions? Choose for yourself this day. I think it's in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14, 15, and 16. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether you will continue to serve the gods of your fathers. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about folk Islam. They are still worshiping the God of their fathers. The God that they don't know. uh, The fear that they live in. Uh, it is in Jeremiah chapter 17 where Jeremiah says that men and women go take an object or a wooden thing, carve it with their own hands and, and took out took metal and put eyes on it that, have, you know, that cannot see, put ears that cannot hear, mouth that cannot speak and yet bow down to our own object. Remember when I quoted the French philosopher Blaise Pascal when he said that God made us in his own image we are now returning the favor of making him in our image and likeness. And there where we are today, uh, that we want for God to meet our needs. Uh, What we say in the black community, he becomes our sugar daddy uh, to provide for us. And that is not what God is all about. And this is why we need to understand. And most of the things we're we, we discussing here about folk Islam, and if we stop and see about folk Christianity, what we worship as Christians at time, you will be surprised how close we are to these people in terms of worldview and mm-hmm. understanding. And then Surah 13, uh, they call it thunder, believed to be a cure for headaches. Okay, and there you, go, you put uh, the talent of folks out of business. Uh, because you just have to recite Surah chapter 13, and guess what? The headaches is gone. Can you imagine all the pharmaceutical companies, you know, what they would be in if this was true? Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to belittle healings, especially when it comes to Scripture and Jesus Christ, and we'll come to that as we uh, go through these lessons. But these are things that people believe. And these are the things we as Christians need to understand. We need to engage our culture. We need to confront our culture. And we cannot do that if we don't read and understand the people that we are engaging in. Culture is a learned behavior. Culture is ideas. Culture is worldview. And if we don't understand that, can you imagine trying to explain female genital mutilation to a Westerner? How will that go down? You have no concept of that. Can you imagine some of the things we have studied about a man or woman taking a young girl or boy, tie him up to a tree and take a knife and butcher him in order to gain power? How do you wrap your mind around such ideas and philosophy? But yes, it do happen. It happens in these places and people living in fear.